So we're going to look at Colossians chapter 3. I'm excited. I've been excited since about Tuesday when I started diving into to this. And I've, I've preached through these passages a few times now um, in, in my years. But I, I'm really excited today because I really think that your life can change in this. And I really mean that. That's just not, you know, preacher hopeful talk. Um, I, I really think that the way you look at life and the way that you process life, the way you process your emotions, the way you process the way that you live and the choices you make, I really think if you really get this today, that it can, it can be a real game changer for you in your life. Because some of you have struggled for years with stuff. And it, it may be thought processes, it could be negative thought patterns, it could be, it could be uh, sins of like worry, uh, fears. It can be a lot of things that relate to that. And when you get this, and, and I think if somebody's really serious about getting it, I'll just tell you this right up front. You want to listen to the first three, and you're going to have a hard time with the last one. Okay. The last, one, the last one in this message, the last point, there's four of them that I'm going to give you, and they all begin with R. But the last one, the last point is going to be the toughest one. And you'll see when I get there what I'm talking about. Um, I'm, I'm reminded of a story that I heard, that I read, and I heard about this, this governor years ago of Massachusetts, Governor Herter, I think was his name. He, had, he had, was, was campaigning for his reelection. And he had been out. He had out been out on the, you know, stump, and he he was he, he was just tired and worn out and hungry, and he knew that his church was having a church social, that day. They were having a you know they were having barbecue or they were having food, and um, so he goes and he stops by, and he gets in line, and the lady that was serving him put one piece of chicken on his plate. And he's like, he said, ma'am, could, could I have another piece of chicken? He said, I am starved to death. She said, no, one per customer. That's it. And he's like, wow. And so, you know, he, he paused for a moment, and then he said, he thought, I'm just going to let her know who I am. He said, ma'am, do you know who I am? He said, I am the governor of this great state. And she stepped back and she looked at him. She said, sir, do you know who I am? He, she said, I am the lady in charge of the chicken. <laughs> one per customer, now move on. <laughs> he got his one piece of chicken that day. Um, raised with Christ, what does it mean? Colossians chapter, chapter 3 and I, I want to, to look at this this morning. Uh, and I would encourage you to turn there. And I would, I would encourage you in, with a pen in one hand and a pencil in another hand or whatever you have to, to write down these four words. Here's the four words I'm going to give you, and then we're going to get into the Scripture. You're going to look at this passage today, and you say, man, we're going to be here for a while. But we're not. Actually, I'm going through this thing in a cursory fashion. Um. But there's four key words that I want you to get, and, and, and they're these. They're these. The, and they all, I love, I love things that, are, that begin the same letter. 
four things that, that define, will define a principle as well as a process for your life. First one is this, raise. Just write down raise. The second one is release. The third one is replace. And the fourth one is reinforce. Those are the four words that I want you to write down. And as we look at this, what I want you to realize is that there's four principles that can that are that are important or integral for life change. You know, it's one thing to sing that Jesus has been raised from the dead and, and death has been arrested and my life began, and yet you don't feel like your life began. You're in a survival mode. In your thinking, in in the way that you process life, and you get into survival. And listen, it is systemic in where we're from. It is the way we think and the way we're raised in this area. Now, I'm just telling you flat out. So, you know, we were raised to survive. Many of you have been raised through the 1930s, and life was really hard in the 1930s. You're raised with parents who were raised up during the Depression. And it was, it's difficult to, we, we, all, we, all, we just think about surviving. We don't think about moving forward in our life, and we don't think about thriving in, spiritually in our life. We just, well, I just want to hang on. And I hear people say this. I've heard people say this in testimonies. Well, if I can just hang on to the end, if I can just make it through the pearly gates. And it's kind of like you're just kind of limping in, you know just kind of going to limp in, and I'm going to crawl in. And if I could just get in, and, I, you know, it's just kind of like if, if I can. And you hear, the, you hear the language? You've heard people say that. Matter of fact, some of you here probably said it. Some of you here probably thinking it right now. If I can just kind of survive my way down through this world down here, and, and, and you know, I'm, you know I, I, and, I can, and I might get there. And if I get there, then, I, you know, I can, I'll be thankful. You hear, the, you hear what I said? What if you began thanking God ahead of time? Now, that's for next week. But what if you began to thank God ahead of time? What if, what if God has a different, way of, a different way of looking at life and reality? Because, you know, as, as, as wonderful for our salvation as Good Friday was, it was a dark Friday for Jesus, but that's not the end of the story. Matter of fact, our life begins with a resurrection, with a resurrection of Christ. And that means that there can be some new things that happen in your life. Now, I want you to look at the Scripture. Did you write down those, those four R's? What are they? Say them back to me. Okay. Cheryl got them. Let's say them again. They're what? Okay, Gene got them this time. One more time. They're what? Those are the four things. And they're principles as well as a process. Remember that. Now we're going to look at the Scripture. And uh, notice here, since you have been raised, chapter 3, verse 1, since you have been raised to, to new life with Christ. Set your sights on the realities of heaven where Christ sits in, in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not on things of the earth, for you died to this life 
and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you, you will share in all His glory. So, with that being said, because of these sins, the anger of God is coming. You, you used to do these things when your life was still part of this world. But now is the time to get rid of anger and rage, malicious behavior, slander, and dirty language. Don't lie to each other. For you have stripped off your old sinful nature and all of its wicked deeds. Put on your new nature and, all, and, and be renewed as you learn to know your Creator and become like Him. In this new life, it doesn't matter if you're a Jew or a Gentile, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbaric, uncivilized, slave or free. Christ is all that matters and He lives in us all. Since God chose you to be the holy people He loves, you must close your, clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowances for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourself with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. Father, I pray for this moment of time that you would open our hearts to what has been revealed to your servant the Apostle Paul for the glory of Jesus and for us to live out the reality of being raised with you in his name we pray in the name of Christ amen now let me remind you where Paul was when he was writing this Paul was in prison it, this was not a happy circumstance. And I'm thinking, you know, if, if I'd have been in this situation, you know, I'd have, been, I'd have been telling about all of my circumstances. This is not Paul. Paul is not living under circumstances. Paul is living in the power of a new life and in the power of resurrection. And as, as you look at this, here's the first point that I want you to see here out of this. And it, it's this. And it's this. For our lives to take on new life, for your life to take on a new, a new way of looking at life, a new way of looking at life and reality, a new way of, of living your life, a, a, a new way of, of breaking out of a cycle of a bad habit, the, the way that it begins with raising your sights. It begins with what you believe. Now, notice what I said. It begins with what you believe to be the reality of life. You see, most people, many Christians, by the way, and many times Greg gets his sights on situations. 
on environments, on circumstances, upon all those things. So I want, I want you to look at the big idea of this message, and it's this. The big idea of this message is this. It's, it's this, and I want you to get this. Being, being raised with Christ, I can because He did, and I'm with Him. Now you say that with me. Being raised with Christ, I can because He did, and I'm with Him. See, I want you to think about this. Oftentimes we think of like the Christian life this way. It's like, okay, I've got my Christian life, and, and Jesus is with me. He's with me. So I'm walking in my day. I'm doing my thing. I'm walking, walking the way that God, you know, I, I'm walking in what I want, my goals, my dreams, my aspirations. I'm walking in relationships, and I'm walking in all kinds. I'm walking at my job, and Jesus is with me. And then when I get something that stumps my toe, I need Jesus to help me, right? Now, I want you to notice what Paul said here. Okay? Paul said that he was raised with Christ. So we get this idea that, that well, and Jesus does live in us. Amen? He does, right? Jesus lives in us. So I, I've, I've, I, can, I can do all things through Christ. I stump my toe, and then I, I look to Jesus to say, Okay, Lord, I, I, my toe hurts. You know, you drop something on it or something gets dropped on it worse than that. You ever had something to drop on your toe? Isn't that a wonderful feeling? You know, I'm not going to ask you how you respond to that. I'll just let you think about it. I'll give an invitation here in a minute. But... And, and, and so we think, we go through life and we say, okay, I'm, you know, my life's going forward and it's my life and I'm making decisions. And we do. We make decisions and choices and we do and we need to. But I want you to notice our, our primary focus. Our primary focus is being, is Jesus living in us and being on the inside of us to give us strength. And he does, doesn't he? But I want you to notice how Paul phrased this. Paul phrased this that he was raised with Christ. Say that with me. Raised with Christ. So he had the idea that Jesus was not only living on the inside of him, but something more. Now you've got to get this. Because this is, this is where we fundamentally miss it, right at the starting point. Right at the, the, the starting point, Paul recognized that and I could imagine, imagine Paul and Jesus sitting down and they're, they're forming their day. Paul, would get out his, Paul could get out his to-do list. Well, I need to write a letter to the Colossians. I need to do this. I need to, um, I, I, and I need to do this relational thing over here. I need to do these things here. I need, and, and he gets those things in his mind and he goes along in the course of his day. Or he could go to Jesus and say, okay, Jesus, this is your day and I'm with you. Get it? Has Jesus ever interrupted your day? Has he? Some of you are like, yeah. I, I'm talking about this. I'm talking about you planned on doing, going and doing one thing, and God had something entirely different or maybe something else in mind that you were oblivious to. And if you're really aware, you're awareness, you're, you have an awareness of those times. 
If you're spiritually sensitive, you will have an awareness of those times. In other words, when we approach life as, oh, it's Jesus with me and I've got my, I've got my schedule and I'm going to head on into it, or I'm with Jesus. And I want to tell you the exciting way, the adventurous way to live the Christian life is when you go to God and say, okay, Lord, I'm with you and the, your resurrection life is not only in me, but I'm with you and you lead the way. You see, here's what we do. And it happens because we're human. It happens because we're, we're very human. We, we go to God and we, we say, okay, I need your strength here, 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 and here. And I'm about wore out here, 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 and here. And instead of going to God and say, okay, Lord, where, is, where, do you, where, what are, where are your steps leading today? It's a fundamentally different way. Henry Blackaby had it right in experiencing God. You go to find where God is at work, and you go to work with Him. That's where your purpose is. It's real simple. You go and look for where God is at work, and then you join Him in His work. So He's raised with Christ. So here's the first, here's the first, big, here's the first big point with being raised. Here's the first one. You got it? You ready for it? You got to raise the way you you got to raise up the way you think. Raise what you got to raise your sights to the glorious destiny you will become. You say, well, I'm not there. I am not there. Notice what Jesus said about you. You have been there is a co-identification here, just as you co-identified with his death on the cross. Paul said, I co-identified with his resurrection. In other words, as Jesus was lifted up from the, the grave physically and bodily, he offers me new life spiritually and brings the spiritually dead to life. And so Paul said this, he said, I raised my sights to the glorious destiny, and he says, I will appear with Jesus when he is revealed to the whole world. Now, I don't know about you, but that's a big deal, I would think. Do you? That's a big deal. In other words, human history, human life, all of things centers around the glorious appearing of Jesus and you're with Him. And that means that you share in His glory. So, a walk by faith means that you get your sights on what will be and not what is. Because what is is wearing you out. It's tearing you down. It's grinding you down mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually, in every way. In every way, you got to get your sights onto something more glorious than, than all the... You know, there's nothing more, uh, uh, nothing more humiliating in our own mind, in our own shame. you got to get your mind off of that and on to what's above. Now... How did Jesus tell us to pray? Our Father, which, hallowed be thy name. And then he says to pray, thy will be from heaven. You see, we live to earth, and we're saying, okay, Lord, I need help through this, and he does help us, and I'm thankful that he does. 
But he says we got to get our praying up because we got to lift our eyes. we got to lift our eyes up. You know, think about how Jesus encountered people. The, the woman that was taken in adultery, she was down. I mean, the, the picture that you get is her on the, in the dirt with her eyes cast down. She was waiting for somebody to throw the stones. And Jesus just kind of goes down to where she is and starts riding in the dirt. And, he's, and I can imagine at some point there was eye contact. And he, she saw him and she said, woman, you know, your sins are forgiven. Now look up, go and sin no more. You got you got a, a new lease on life. You don't you don't have to live in the old set patterns. There can be changes in your life. There can be changes in the way that you think. And so the first thing you notice here he says raise your sights to the to the glorious destiny that God has planned for you. See, we're not convinced of it. That's why Jesus said, you know, that's why the man said, "Lord, I believe, help my unbelief." We're not we don't really believe we believe, yeah. You know, ours is kind of like a believe and a hope believe. But here's what God says about it. Do you believe this book? Let me ask you, do you believe it? I mean, you believe this is God's word? If God says that you're going to appear with him in a glorious destiny, you believe that that's your future. I'm just asking. I'm not, I'm not fussing at you. I'm just asking, do you really believe it? Because there's times that I have to ask myself, do I really believe this? Because I want to tell you, man, when your circumstances start weighing in on you, that raised up thinking is not there. You're saying, yeah, that feels... Because most of us are... Here's why we don't get out of it. Because we get stuck in our feelings. And when we get stuck in our feelings, it's hard to lift our eyes up. You just feel everything closing in. You know, you know, it's just, you know, just look up. Let's look up because your destiny is glorious and Jesus is what, that's what he says about you. So he says, lift, it's, it's in a, to a sphere above us. Look up to heaven. You say, well, well, what, well, what am I to think about, Greg? I mean, like, am I supposed to think of like angels flying around or you know, or, you know, streets of gold, and, and, and well, I mean, you know, those are, are okay to think about, but I want you to think about this. Think about the resurrection power of Jesus that raised him up from the dead, and he's seated. I mean, your life is hid with Christ in God, and, and therefore you can raise your sights to the glory. So I would just challenge you to do this. Every time that you find yourself stuck in a way of thinking that is so earthbound, I want you to begin to think, okay, Lord, what's a heavenly way of looking at it? Well, it's above your way. And it's above surviving. It's, it's, above, it's above just getting just getting through it or getting along. And I know there's times in our own life and even in my own life that I'm so I just want to get through this. But, but begin to raise your sights up, and here's what will happen. You Notice here, there is a place and a position of authority that has authority over your circumstances. And when you begin to say, I'm with Jesus, what you're saying is this, I don't even belong to me anymore. So it's not really my plan for my life. It is, is Jesus, I'm with you, and wherever you are, you're, you're my ticket in. Not only to glory, but you're, you're the ticket in the authority in my life. So what I'm saying, what you're saying is this. I'm living my life under the dictates and the leadership of someone greater than myself. So if you've realized how limited you are, then wonderful. Because we have an unlimited God.
We have a God who, who specializes in doing things that are impossible. And it's powerful. It's a place of authority, and it's a position of abiding. It's, it, it's, it, notice what he said in, in, that, in that verse. He said, um, we've, we've put on the new. We've been, it's been acknowledged in the knowledge of him. It's in that place of abiding. Let me go back here to the Scripture. I've just kind of lost my place. But, uh, but, but look at it. Look at it. It says, set your sights on the realities of heaven. Christ sits at the place of honor. Think on these things. Think on these things. And Paul said it this way. Think on these things. And I'm thinking, if anybody had a right to complain, man, it was the apostle Paul. I mean, he was doing right and suffering for doing right. He says, think on those things which are above. For Christ died and your life has been hidden. You're abiding in him. It's a place of concealment and safety. So, you've got to raise your sights. You've got to raise up your sights. And what I would do if, if you find yourself in this, gosh, I hate to use this word because I don't like the word stinking. But if you find yourself, you ever, you ever get stinking thinking? Anybody here, talk, am I talking to anybody? You know, I, I do, and I'll tell you, I'll be the first to admit it. I mean, sometimes my thinking just stinks, you know? It just stinks. It's, it's like roadkill. <laughs> okay, now that's a mental picture, right? It's like roadkill, you know? And, and, and sometimes we serve up roadkill to others, don't we? Have you ever served up roadkill to others? Huh? In your words? Huh? Huh? See, I'm, I'm talking to your neighbor, not you. I, I mean, I have. I'll be the first to admit it. I, I have, and I have to catch myself. I want to tell you, these old flesh patterns, they, don't, they just don't die easy. They just don't. I'd love to tell you that, 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 that they do, but they just don't. They just kind of hang on and hang around. And I'm like, wait a minute, I buried you. It kind of lifts itself up. No, I'm the old man, Greg, he's still here. I'm still here. Yeah, you're old and decrepit, and you're still here. I wait a minute, I've done away with you a long time ago, and you're rearing your ugly head again. Get it? you got to raise your thinking up. you got to lift your eyes up past your circumstances. you got to lift your what you believe back up to who. Listen, is it worthy? Is your thinking worthy of God? Is it? He's the most noble thought that you can have. Seriously. The, most, the highest thought that you can have is God. And to think rightly about God. To think rightly about God, it's, it just sets everything. It sets your, think, your thinking right. It sets how you deal with disappointments right. It sets all your circumstances in a place that is better for you. you got to raise up your thinking. you got to do it. Why? And you say, I can't do that. Well, you need to get that out of your vocabulary and say, I can, because there is a... There is a, the principle of life that is an operative in me now. And so therefore, I can. But I can't. And you've got to go back with this back and forth. But yes, I can. 
Because the Bible says that I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus and the old things have passed away and I buried them. Yeah, but you didn't see that one coming. You didn't know it was going to get this dark, did you? You, you didn't, yeah, I mean, this is really bad. You, you, you didn't, but I'm, I'm risen to new life and a resurrected, and Jesus conquered death, hell, and the grave, then I can, and I'm with him. You get it? I'm with Jesus. You got to raise up the way that you think. And I'm not going to tell you this easy, and I'm not going to tell you this thing happens overnight. This thing will not happen. Now listen to me very carefully. This thing will not happen with you coming to the altar. It won't. I mean, it might. I mean, that would be wonderful if God says, okay, I'm going to zap you. And so most of us are just waiting to be zapped. You know, like the bug, the bug zapper, though. You know, bzzz. But God can change the way you think about life, about circumstances, and I feel like I'm just trying to convince you, and, and you believe this, don't you? You do. Sure you do. You know it's true. You know what I'm saying is resonating with truth because as, as we begin to look at this, now here's the things you got. The first R is what? Raised up. Raise up your thinking. Raise up. The second one is this. You got to release what doesn't align with Christ. What doesn't align with Christ, you, you release that. And notice what he says. He goes on, Paul goes on like putting on clothes. Some of you would like a makeover. Uh, how many of you like to have some new clothes? I mean, physically clothes. I mean, I, would, I wouldn't mind having a new suit and some things. And um, I get on Amazon and I shop. I went to shop, you know. I, I mean, there's nothing like a new 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 suit of clothes or a new pair of jeans or right yeah uh something new so you not only got to raise up your sights here's here's the second one go on, go ahead and go on to this one girls you got to you got to um you got to release what what does not align with christ you got to release what doesn't align with christ now i want you to look at these verses um Look at these verses. I lost my place again. Now notice what he says. He says, so put to death the sinful, lur- the sinful earthly things lurking within you. You know, it's, it's the things that you deal with. Now it's time to get rid of anger and rage and malicious behavior, verses 8 and 9. He goes on down to say some of those other things. But notice here, you got to release what does, what does not align, align with the character of Christ. And he says the things. Some things are just plain obvious and he says here are the things that you got to put away you got to these things he says you don't need to have anything to do with have nothing to do with sexual immorality impurity lust and evil desires don't be greedy for the greedy person is an idolater worshiping the things of the world and because of these sins the anger of god the wrath of god the scripture said is coming in other words if you want to line yourself up with the the wrath of god that is coming then you live that lifestyle and you'll see it You'll see an aspect of the glory of God that is that that will be terrifying. But he's saying, for you and believers, this is not our lifestyle. 
This is not a way that we, that we order our lives. That doesn't mean that you've not had slip-ups in your life. It doesn't mean that you've not had sins in your life. It doesn't mean that, but it's saying that, that from, the, from the, this point forward, this is not the way that you order your life. In other words, you don't just keep on living in sin and say, oh, I got my ticket. There were some folks that said that. I've got my ticket to Jesus and in heaven and so forth. But you don't live that way. But you've got to release what does not align with the character of Christ. And go, go on to the next one because he, he tells us more things. He said, now that's, that's bad. He says, but it gets, he said, you've got to put away some other things too. And notice what he says about the things that we've got to, to put off. Um, we, we've got to put all these things off. Um, you used to do these things when you're a part of this world. Now's the time, he says, to get rid of anger, rage. Malicious behavior, slander, dirty language. Don't lie to each other. For each of you have been have stripped off the old sinful nature and its wicked knees. And wicked knees. Wicked deeds. Okay? So some of you are sleeping. And I'm glad it's thera- therapeutic. And, <laughs> yeah, here, here it is. So you've got to release what doesn't align with the character. And we can, I could take time and go through all those things, but I'm just giving you the overall. Because remember, I'm in process, and here are the principles. This is how life changes, folks, for the believer. So he says, I put off the things of the I repent. I turn away from those things. And I put off some things that are a part of, of, of the things that I've embraced as a part of me. And some of those things that we embrace as a part of us are not just, you know, are, are not good things, even if they're family traits. So notice what he said. He says, I get rid of anger and rage and malicious behavior and slander and dirty language and lying. Notice here, everything, everything that he deals with here and this other passages before that deal with our interactions with other people. Did you see that? So he's saying, I'm I'm now dealing with in the realm of what I feel. You know, I'm dealing in the realm of what I feel. And he's saying, I I, I deal with this thing called anger. And, you know, you got to deal with anger. We all do. Um, You know, you've got to deal with that. Have you ever found yourself angry? Huh? Okay. One honest soul. And, and the rest are too ashamed. You know, you got to find, and you got to do it. I mean, you know, anger only hurts yourself, doesn't it? You know, and you, you say words out of anger, and, and those words you say, you know, may feel good for the moment, but after a while, you know, they don't feel so good. And, off, uh, you, know, the, you know, words of sarcasm and words, you know, those words, you know, may feel good to say at the time, but you know what it doesn't help? It doesn't help relationships. So all of a sudden, you begin to release what does not align with the character of Christ. In other words, I would say it this way. Uh, you know, you, can you imagine Jesus saying that? Can you? Can you, imagine, can you imagine Jesus using this language or behaving this way or acting this way? And, and so those things in your own life that you recognize that are, you know, I think recognition is one of the big things recognizing that those things are the things that, that need to be changed is that you go there and you say, okay, you know what, I, I need to do better in my life. And then you go to Jesus and say, okay, 
I can't because, and he says, no, you can because I'm, my power is living on the inside of you. And then Jesus will say, oh, well, are you with me? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you, Lord. You get the picture? In other words, you begin to let him lead your words. To lead you in your speech and to lead you in how you act toward others. And it's amazing what happens. You know, what did Jesus have? I mean, Jesus had a... He was, listen, he was born in a poor peasant family. But people were drawn to Jesus. Why? Why were they drawn to him? Because there was something in his words. There was a love in him that just captivated your heart and drew you and, and, and kind of lifted you up and drew you to God. And you knew that you mattered. You know? And it's a, a powerful reality. And you say, man, I need some real help there. Well, here we go. You release those things, and when you fall, you say, okay, Lord, I release it again. There I go again. And then you raise up your level of thinking. You raise up the way that you lead, your belief. You raise up the reality of you say, and here's what you do. Here's the way you do it. Lord, I want to thank you for the glorious destiny that you have for me. And though I'm not living in a glorious state right now in my thinking, but I want to thank you for it. I want to thank you for the reality of Christ who offers it because I'm in him and I'm with you, Lord. And you're in me. And so therefore, I can. Now, some of the greatest things that God can give you in the Spirit is that of self-control. The power to not say some things. Right? I mean, sometimes, sometimes that's the greatest, you know, that may be the greatest mark of spirituality, not whether you, you know, you, know, you come to church, and that's a part of it, obviously. That helps you. But uh, maybe one of the greatest marks of, of your own spirituality is, is how you use your words and me. And I, I'm, I look at that myself at times, and I'm like, oh, Lord, Greg, you ought to do better than this. You, you know, you, and the devil comes along saying, you claim to be a preacher? Yeah. But I'm glad I'm with Jesus, and he's with me. I'm, uh, I'm not here to make you feel bad. No, listen. No, no, no. I'm, I'm here because I honestly believe that, that we can rise up in our thinking. The third thing is this. So you've got to release some things here. Are you in the process with me so far? Are you? I'm, I'm getting ready to close here in a minute. I'm going to give you the last one, then we're going to leave, and you're going to go, oh, my goodness, how am I going to do, do this one? But here's the third one. So you've got, you got to replace some things. You've got to put on something new. He says, this is your new nature, being renewed to, to learn to know your Creator and become like Him. In this new life, it doesn't matter if you're a Jew or a Gentile or circum, uh, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbaric, uncivilized, slaved or free. Christ is all that matters, and he lives in all of us. There you go. Well, if I'd have had different upbringing, I'd be different. Who says? You may be worse. Right? Well, if I just get a break. See, some people are just waiting for breaks. 
just get a break. Really, is, is it a break that's going to make you? Listen, if, if you get the break that you think that you need or want, and, and that break comes along, and you're still in, in number one out here in raising up your thinking, and you're still stuck there in the old stuff, guess what happens? You just sabotage the rest of it. You know, they say that people that play and win the lottery, you know, I th- they lose it all in like three years or something. I don't know. Somebody's done research on it. And I may be completely wrong in that, but I, I heard a statistic in, in something like that. But I can see it happening. Why? Because you have something doesn't mean that you're going to keep it. Does it? No. So you've got to replace the old things by putting on the new. Now, now I want you to look at verse 12 because I think verse 12 goes into some of those things. It does. Um, verse 12. Look at verse 12. Go ahead and go there, ladies. Um, since, since God chose you to become holy people, he loves you, you must clothe yourself with tenderhearted mercies, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Just take a deep breath on that. Because that's a biggie. But notice what he said. God chose you. You are elect and you are set apart, holy people unto God. And so therefore, the new nature lived, lives in a different set of, lives with a new pair of shoes, a new set of clothing. See, I am becoming in process, I am becoming in the process of renewal as I live out my position. So you're not there. God knows that. But you're going there. You're, you're, you're going there. And so you're in process. And as you recognize the starting point in the position is your new life. Go to the next one. It's, it's the next one. I'm becoming in the process of renewal. I am being in my position. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and loved. Did you see that? Holy and love. Holy means set apart. Elect of God means chosen. God chose us. And I'm beloved. Now, I don't know. How can God say it anymore? He says, wait a minute. I come to you, Chris, and, and you are electing God. You are set apart for God. And not only that, God loves you. With, you are beloved. And some, somehow, that just seems more, doesn't it? That just seems like a real tender heart. And you are beloved. I, in other words, I just want you to know I, I, that, that, uh, that I, I've got, I mean, I'm, I'm with you. And, and you, Lord, I'm with you. Right? I'm with you. I'm becoming in process. Now, the, are you ready for the last one? Are you? So, say, yeah, we've got to get out of here. <laughs> Let's go to the last one. Here's the last one. The last one is the most difficult because you have to reinforce. Now, if you've noticed, everything that, that has been said uh, from this point has dealt with interactions and relationships. Because why? Because God values your relationships more than he does your possessions. I mean, it's, it's your relationships that go into eternity. It's not your status. It's not what you have. And you know this. In, in, we know this. So notice what he says. Reinforce the virtue of love that values people and harmony or relational wholeness with them. 
You see, the first three begin to deal with us becoming people who are whole. The last one reinforces all of it. So, yeah, I've got to raise the way I think to set my sights on things above. I need to release some things that are not honoring to God in my life, whether it be choices or whether it be emotions. Third thing is I, I, I begin to replace those, and then I begin to reinforce the virtue of love. Since God chose you to be holy people, clothe yourselves with tenderhearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience. Make allowance for each other's faults. And forgive, notice he said forgiveness here, and forgive one another, offend anyone who offends you. <laughs> You're going, do I have to? Remember the Lord forgave you. You must forgive others. Now, I just want to tell you, this is completely impossible unless, unless you are connected with Jesus. It is. It's just, I mean, this is too hard. This is why people say, you know, I can't live the Christian life, Greg. I can't love that. I can't, you know, I mean, you don't, you don't tell me. I mean, I've been offended all my life, and you're telling me that I've got to give up being offended? I live by being offended. It's a part of my personality. Who are you? Well, if it's your life to live, and people will say, yeah, they went through all life offended. What you do, deliberately implement the virtue of love. That's what it means to be a Christian. And you can't. Or can you? You can't within yourself, but you can in His power. And so that reinforcement of love is just like you're planting new seeds. You're growing some new things. And you will reap a harvest if you do what? Plant. All of a sudden something happens. What happened to you? Well, that's, I've got a different way of thinking. There's been change in my life. I, I, I mean, I, I feel like that, that God's growing me up in some, in some things. And, 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 I, and I recognize that, that life doesn't center around me. But I, and and I'm, I'm living on this new adventure of, 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 of saying that I'm with Him. And therefore, I can. You know what happens when, when you begin to take this virtue on? Now, listen. All of a sudden, the things that you find yourself captivated by, holding you, holding you down, holding you back, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, you begin, you begin to, 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 to begin to reap the benefit of being tender-hearted, mercy, and being kind and humble and gentle and having patience. And God is, begins to do that virtue in you. And you know what? who they see? Who people see when they see that? They don't begin to see you. They begin to see Jesus. Because they realize that it's not you. 
Now, this is taking a, taking a long time, but come next week and you'll get the last one. You're in process. And these are the principles. Now, what I would do with this message, if it were me, and I was serious about life change, if you're just kind of marking off a Sunday, then great. You know, I'm glad you heard it. But if you're really serious about this, what I would do is I'd go back online and I'd listen to it again. And I might have to listen to it maybe more than once. And I'd begin to write these things down. And I would begin to say, okay, I want to begin to think. I'm, and it may, begin, it may be begin in the music that you listen to. I don't know. And it, for, for me, it does oftentimes. It begins in the music I listen to. And, and, and things that calm my spirit. Things that will calm my soul. That, that things that lift me up to a different way of thinking. But I would begin and I would start right there because that's where it begins. And then it begins in putting off some things, releasing some things, releasing a lot of past hurts, releasing some things. And then it goes on to, on to replacing some things in your life because, you know, you just can't release them. You've got to replace it with some stuff. And then it, it says, okay, I, wanna, I want this stuff to flesh out in me. And not that I'm going to try to be a better person. No, I realize that I, I'm, I'm struggling with that. I just want to say, Lord, you know, just one word of, you know, utilize me. To be a conduit of your love. And my friend, you will begin to reap what it means to have the joy of Christian living. Let's pray. Father, um, thank you for these truths. And I pray that, uh, I pray that you, you would help us to apply these truths. And these are difficult, Lord. We know that you know our frailty. We're, we're just... A, bunch of dust but it's a bunch of dust that glory is going to be revealed in in one day when we appear with you so I pray that you'd raise our thinking I pray that today you'd help us to make commitment for growth in our own lives growth even in our church growth in our personal lives growth in our in 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 our families growth in our relationships growth that, will, that is God-honoring to you. And I, I, just, I just ask that you, you know how to, to work this message in our hearts, Lord. And so I simply ask you to do it. I thank you for the attention of these folks. And Lord, I just know that their being here, they have a desire in their own life to want to live for you. They wouldn't be here. So I, I just ask that you'd empower each one. For anybody that today that needs special prayer, I pray, I pray you would you would give them courage. And help us to encourage one another. In the name of Christ, we pray. In his name, let's stand together.